This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when uh, Jack takes songs from a soundtrack that inspired him, and basically selections that are played is up to Harge and I to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And Harge got it last segment. It's Space Jam, uh, the first Space Jam, the original Space Jam. Uh, so thanks, my man, uh, Jack, for working hard behind the scenes. You can be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing. On the spec text line, 512-337-3776. That's the number. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Hard is at Hardball, Hard you need Twitterverse. Uh, Jack is at Jack A. Farrell. Uh, that's like uh, Colin, not Will. Not correct. Will. Yeah. Uh, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. And you can hit us up there as well. Uh, okay. The breaking news before we get to some Texas football conversation here. Um, and if we run out of time, run out of time because we got to get out early to make sure we have time for Harsh Knock Life because you got a very special guest coming on for the people. That's right. we got Hall of Famer Chipper Jones coming on to talk mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. He'll probably get into a little bit of College World Series. And a lot of people don't know he played wide receiver in high school, so he wants to talk a little bit of football. Too. Nice, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, that'll be coming up uh, for Harsh Knock Life. You don't want to miss it. Um, so here is the uh, the breaking news um, comes from it's a Walsh bomb. Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that the Celtics are working on a trade to acquire the Wizards Kristaps uh, Porzingis in a three team deal. That sends uh, Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers, and L.A. would be sending Marcus Morris, Amir Coffey, and the 30th pick to Washington. Sides are still working on the agreement. Uh, Woj also reports that Porzingis would opt in to his $36 million 2023-24 deal to make the potential trade happen, but there are still outstanding issues to be completed before a deal can be reached. Uh, Boston's Danilo, Dan, Danilo Gallinari uh, would also be in the deal um, to the Wizards as well. So there you go. I like it for Boston. I like it a lot for Boston. But the problem is this. Is Porzingis going to be able to stay healthy? We know that he's had some health issues throughout time. And now he's got to be tough when you go and play for Boston. I mean, you got to be one of those guys that – are, are willing to lay it on the line every single night yep. because, number one, the fans aren't going to put up with it. And number two, these guys have a lot that they have left on that bone. They should have been mm-hmm. playing for a championship, and they they got ousted, and they're still living with that. So what did they do? They went out and tried to make a move, tried to bring in Porzingis. I like him. I thought it was uh, – I think he's a good player. Rod, you were talking about it earlier uh, today. I mean, this is somebody that could be on multiple teams and can be successful. Oh, yeah. But he, has to, but he has to stay on the court. Yeah. No, I actually had him in my notes. There are a lot of NBA rumors, and one of the reports, at least the rumors out there, was that he would be available on the trade market, and I thought the Rockets should be mm-hmm. interested. 
in Christos Porzingis. Um, I literally have in my notes, Rockets should pursue Christos Porzingis. <laughs> um, his, his shooting percentage, his true shooting percentage last year, 62.7%. Mm-hmm. He's just 27. Uh, he's, he averaged 23 points per game. Um, he's a great drop defender. He's not necessarily a great defender in the pick and roll, but as a drop defender, using the right way, he's not a liability defensively either. Um, so, uh, But that's obviously something the Celtics were thinking about, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, and think about this. Brad Stevens. Remember him from Butler? He was oh, yeah. the head coach. Now Not he's working GM in the front, yeah. front office. I think he's more of the the new age Danny Ainge because Danny Ainge, when he went to the front office, he made a bunch of moves, and, and a lot of them were they hit. Mm-hmm. And think about this. they traded. He traded Kimba Walker for Al Horford. He traded Langdon, Langford, excuse me, and a first-round pick or a future-round pick for Derek White for the Spurs. Yeah, worked out Then he him. traded Thice and some pennies mm-hmm. for Malcolm Brogdon, and he came in, and wasn't he like six-man of the year this year? And now they just traded Malcolm Brogdon for Porzingis. So he's making major moves that is trying to put Boston in that upper echelon, but the problem is they have to finish. They've, they've yeah. had the talent. They just have to finish. They're deep. Yes. They're going to be able to bring either Porzingis off the bench, Derek White off the bench, Marcus Smart, Rob Williams. They're deep, and they have a ton of different lineups that they could use depending on team. Like, There's not a lot of teams that they don't match up well with right now. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, because if you'll get a couple of teams, and maybe we're starting to see it already, that'll go all in this season. Um, because the new CBA kicks in July 1st for the NBA. I brought this up earlier. It kicks in July 1st. And based on all the reports, um, and for those insiders who have read the new CBA, it it's going to restrict a lot of teams' ability in terms of team building. It's going to restrict their ability to operate outside of the salary cap, meaning that mm-hmm. that luxury tax that usually some teams don't give a damn about, the Clippers and the Lakers who have nine-figure luxury taxes, and they figure, oh, it's just money, we'll make it up on the other side somehow. Um, this new CBA is going to have much harsher uh, restrictions um, and penalties and consequences for teams mm-hmm. going over that luxury tax. So this is from uh, Forbes. Just some of the research I was doing. Here's from Forbes. It says, and this is a quote from Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. Um, he says, there is a sentiment among league personnel in Chicago. This upcoming offseason will be busy with player movement and franchise-altering transactions. Uh, another quote from Zach Lowe from the Zach Lowe podcast. He says, quote, <clears throat> I think the next year in the NBA could be an unbelievable period of superstar and star player movement because you've just got a lot of roiling um, situations. You have a year left, one year left, before the really, really harsh trade rules kick into place after the 2023-24 season where teams over the second apron, that's the another threshold of the luxury tax they put in that makes it a a really harsh penalties once you pass that. Um, He said once you get past uh, the second apron, like the Clippers, for instance, can't even aggregate salaries. Like they can't add up money to bring in a big money player. That's starting after next season. I think we can see a ton of movement in the offseason and up to the deadline and a ton of big names moving because teams are now unloading salary 
trying to avoid those upcoming penalties, um, but also some teams, maybe like the Celtics, who are saying we better go all in right now because the way we built this team is not sustainable with a new new CBA and the, and the restrictions. So here here's some of the restrictions and penalties. So uh, the new CBA introduces a second salary cap apron, which I just mentioned, set at seventeen and a half million above the luxury tax line. That's the second threshold, and it heavily punishes teams that cross that threshold beginning this summer. Teams above the second apron will lose access to the taxpayer mid-level exception, and they'll be limited to taking back no more than 110% of the salary that they send out in trades, as opposed to, I think, like it's like 125%. The penalties get even harsher in 23-24. Starting next offseason, teams above the second apron can't take back money. They can't take back more money, I should say, than they send out in trades. They can't trade a first-round pick seven years in the future. Uh, they can't aggregate salaries in trades or receive players on existing contracts if they sign and trade away their own free agents. Mm. I mean, it's just a ton of them. In other words, beginning 24-25, teams above the second apron will be limited to re-signing their own players and handing out veteran minimum contracts in free agency. They also have far more restrictions than they currently do on the trade market. So this is why you may see a ton of movement both ways. Teams trying to avoid those harsh uh, restrictions. So they're unloading salary and trying to get rid of it. And also teams who are close, like the Celtics, or maybe like Matt Ishbia, the owner of the Suns. (laughs) And the Suns are going, no, man, we're going all in because we only got one or two more years to do it. And after that, the salary cap is not going to allow us. Or you, you could do it, but not allow us to do it without really severe, extreme penalties in going over that second apron of the luxury tax. Yeah, so that is why I'm always mm. looking at it and saying, did he already know going mm. in, I'm going to make this trade for Bradley Bill. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get uh, – obviously, we got KD. We got all this money on our, our books right now. I need to go ahead and try to push this envelope because, to your point – I don't know how much longer KD's going to be playing at this higher level. I don't know how long Devin Booker. Devin Booker's still kind of young and yeah. still in the game. But KD may want to leave here in the he next couple of years. Leave. You know, It might be a move that he wants to make. Yep. So when you look at it that way, I'm just like, okay, here we go. This is something to pay attention to. Uh, yeah, the NBA basically is going to uh, reward teams for having more homegrown models, I, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Makes but, it a lot harder to just fill out a roster with those connective pieces, you know? Yep. I wonder if it, because I think the stars are going to get paid whatever. Do you think it drives the price for good role players way down because teams aren't going to want to spend, you know, $20 million on a Michael Bridges type, a very high end role player? Are they going to get. You know, shafted and get bad money, and then superstars still making forty, fifty That's million dollars. Great point. Um, that I, you know what I think you're right about that because you have to pay for the star. LeBron's going to get LeBron money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just and and it'll put more emphasis on, like you said development, like what Miami's doing, like development and trying to find those hidden gems and your G League development and all that kind of stuff. I think it'll put a lot more emphasis on that than. And you're right, it'll devalue the veteran role player that's in the NBA making a ton of money, but you don't get a lot of ton of, of value or a lot of return on that investment. Right. Um, like that, Marcus Morris, who is in this uh, it, in this trade, he makes like $18 million a year. 
Yeah, like that money's not gonna. That's that is a bad contract. That but is it, a bad he's not contract. gonna make that kind of money. And also, the Clippers getting Brogdon basically for Marcus Morris. That's a great get for them too. That's a he great has a lot of injury move. concerns, but he's a very good player, and they need guards. Yeah, they that's, need a lot of. That's guards. another team that needs to be all in right now. The Clippers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They'll be, they'll definitely be over that luxury. They're paying it right now, a nine-figure luxury tax, so they'll be past that threshold. Bomber got that. Bomber does have Bomber goes. Bomber saying, let's go. We got to go, guys. We got to go. Yeah, he don't care nothing about that. You're right. Now, some some teams may decide they don't care. Maybe uh, Matt Ishbia of the Suns, maybe he's one of those guys, too. But uh, really interesting how uh, the NBA, a lot of the insiders think the next two offseasons is going to be really busy with a lot of stuff. Tur- uh, turnover with the star power in the NBA yeah. because teams need to figure out if they're going all in or if they need to dump salary because the uh, the new CBA is uh it's a lot more restrictive uh, yeah. when it comes to the way you maneuver a salary cap man uh, you circumvent the salary cap uh, okay we'll get to uh, some more NBA talk because we'll get to some uh, sound from Wimby Yama Wimby as the Spurs fans are affectionately already calling him we'll get to that sound he was on the JJ Reddick they call him podcast. El Capitan right now hey man <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna have many nicknames before yeah, it's all sure. said and done sure. he's gonna have a ton of those uh, but yeah Victor Wimby Yama yeah, tomorrow of course expected to be the number one overall pick by the San Antonio Spurs alright there there are some uh, Longhorn football-related news notes and nuggets that I want to hit, just a couple of uh, off-season topics that have come across my timeline that I think are interesting. So Ryan Niblett, we brought this up a little bit yesterday, uh, but one of the reports out there, this is from Eric Naline of Inside Texas, does a great job over there, a report that Niblett is uh, <laughs> on campus, and he's running nearly 23 miles per hour. When Texas measured players' That's what it sounds like when that goes by you. Doing summer workouts. <laughs> 23 miles per hour. Yeah. That, That's th- crazy. What did, you, what did we say the other day? He can run, run. He can run, run. That's run, running. Uh, he did. I think he was a 10-4, 700-meter guy. Yeah. So he can go. Um, 10-4, some 21, I think a 21.5, 200-meter guy. So he can run. And we know Sark. Sark's obsessed with speed. Sark's all about it. Matter of fact, they just signed some other – Speed demon, yeah, and I believe in the uh, 2024 recruiting class. Uh, but Sark's got a—he's got another one, and Sark will always, I would think, emphasize and prioritize speed over other attributes of a receiver. Yeah, he hands, size, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Doesn't the, matter. He got the commitment from Freddie Dubose. Jr. That's the guy in 2024. That's the guy. That's the guy that, that can run too. And to your point, he, he ran a, Ryan Nibbler ran a 10-4 in the regionals. To get there, so that is something that that's where everybody's fast. And if you don't come out there, you get embarrassed. And I don't think he got embarrassed. And to your point about Coach Sark and what he looks for as far as the speed element of it, what does he always mm-hmm. say? I want our wide receivers to catch the ball moving, because if they can catch the ball moving, that means that the other person has got to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. So if he can get the ball to the right people, if if that's what's going to happen. That is going to be huge if he can be a guy that can get on the on the field quickly. I don't. I know there's a, there's not enough footballs to go around, but we've seen Sark be able to move the ball around and get it to his playmakers, and hopefully Ryan Niblin, uh, Jonte Cook, and of course Nayor and Ad Mitchell and X Man are all going to be a part of it. And again, let's not forget about my guy, Jordan Whittington. 
Jay Wade, man. Yeah. He's he's the leader in that room. He has to be. I know X Man is the top receiver in that room, but right. Jay Witt, Jay Witt's the leader in that exactly. room. Exactly. Uh no question about it. Uh okay, let's uh get to some of the other reports. Um I saw that um there was a report from CJ Vogel, uh the football brainiacs. He also does a really good job uh covering Texas football. Uh he's talking giving some uh good reviews, optimistic reviews about members of the offensive line. Uh specifically He's talking about DJ Campbell, looking really impressive, interior offensive lineman. One of the names I mentioned yesterday. Yeah, he's a guy that's yeah. you know getting some good. I mean, they, man, they are loaded on the old line. <laughs> oh my goodness, but, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they bring I mean, back all five starters. It, no, it is. It's, yeah. it, you're talking about one of the deepest O line units, at least based on the talent, the upside of it, uh, in the country. And whether you're talking about DJ Campbell, who I said CJ mm-hmm. CJ Vogel of Football Brainiacs reporting that he looks really good, like his. The physique has changed. Um, that now he's starting to uh, look, his body looks different. And that's important for offensive linemen because usually everybody ain't like Kelvin Bank. Even though they had two freshmen start last year, right? that's the exception to the rule. Uh, usually it takes those guys a while to get in the program um, to get kind of that grown man body. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like DJ Campbell may be getting it. Uh, also, somebody who's getting a lot of uh, good reviews that I've heard of uh, also is uh, Cam Williams. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Those are the guys that we expect a lot from. As we talked about, you're only good as your depth that can come in and fill in and not miss a beat. You can all have enough players on the squad. You can have uh, people in those positions. But how far is the fall off going to be if they are, are thrust into action? We saw last year that they were trying to rotate some guys in and out. Uh, some was because of injury. Some was uh, lack of, of effort. But majority of it is – these guys are now getting a chance to work with the offensive line coach, the same offensive line coach, working on their technique. The fundamental part of all of this is just that. How fundamental are you? How is your technique? And that will get you through a lot of stuff. Sometimes you just got to be a natural athlete. Mm-hmm. But if your technique is there, it gives you a better opportunity to win those battles yeah. up front. Uh, shout out to Anwar Richardson. Uh, he was the one that had to report about Cam Williams and how good he looks. So, yeah, separate sources uh, giving a lot of props to different young guys on that O-line who are going to step up. Um, you may have guys who are backups now who have higher upsides than the starters. Yep. And it's possible you can end up upgrading somewhere during the season. And it was actually a rare occasion. You had all five offensive linemen start every game last year for right. Texas. That is also something that's rare. You just don't see that even in Texas history or even across the country. Uh, so that's uh, also in another report, since we're talking about guys who are getting uh, rave reviews in the offseason for Texas football, people still talking about Malik Murphy mm-hmm. and how and how of a, much of a natural leader he is and how charismatic he is. So there's, there's another guy still keeps, I mean, even from the uh, time that he got in the spring game where we know he impressed so many people, and he was so impressive, in fact, that he he was being tampered with mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to leave Texas and uh, um, you know pursue NIL opportunities via the transfer portal at other schools and probably could have started at other schools, but he wanted to stay at Texas. He believes in Steve Sarkeesian, really likes Texas, and... It's, it's reported by Horns 24-7 that he's carrying himself with a lot of confidence early this summer. Because yeah. remember, he's been hurt most of these offseasons. Yeah, he hasn't been able to participate in yeah. two years. And every time we've gotten a chance to see him, just just looking at him, we got a chance to see how, how smooth he is throwing the football, how effortless it jumps out of his hand. 
So that's something, too, that you continue to say, all right, what is going to be the plan? Is this where he finally feels comfortable if the game starts slow, kind of like what we were talking about before last year where the game against um, Oklahoma State where we kept yeah. saying there should have been a move, there should have been a move, mm-hmm. and he stuck with them. Was that a, an opportunity where he felt comfortable enough to pull him out of the game? The maturity level of Quinn mm-hmm. Ewers now is going to be totally different. He's not going to be a fragile mindset as he was before, possible. I don't know for a fact. But I'm just saying now he's at a place where he feels comfortable. you got a backup that is highly touted now. And you got another one when you look at Arch Manning. I'm not saying he's going to be in there. But you've got guys that are, are talented mm. as your starting quarterback. Um, since we're talking about uh, Malik Murphy, and I, I can't really give – I need to make sure I get the podcast so I can give them credit, and I will do that while the audio plays. Um, but here is sound of Peyton Kirkland, who's a member of that Texas offensive line. He was on a podcast, and and listen to the audio. They're asking about Texas football, a lot of different things, and he goes on to rave about Malik Murphy. And they want to talk about Quinn Ewers. He wants to talk about Malik Murphy. Here's Peyton Kirkland. Malik Murphy, the other quarterback, was also a five-star quarterback. Is is he? Where's he from? I didn't know. He's, he's from, from California. California. Okay. Malik Malik is the truth, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he's the truth. Yeah. You know, he controls he controls the field when he's out there. You know, and I love I love playing with Malik. I love playing with Quinn. I love playing with Malik, and I love playing with Arch. But Malik, that boy, is true. He different. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So you guys, you, I mean, you feel confident no matter who who the coaches ended up choosing, you guys are ready for war. All all three of those quarterbacks can play ball. Yeah, Quinn Quinn is a starting quarterback. He is. It's gonna be that. Yeah. But Malik Murphy not too far off. Yeah. What Malik Murphy? Okay. Uh, shout out to my man Forty Acres Landlord. He's a good follow if you're a Longhorn fan. Always comes out with great content like that. He it wasn't his podcast, but he he was the one where I got the video. And I think it's like D Rap or O Rap podcast. Yeah, did my best. Yeah, uh, but you was trying to give him a shout. I'm trying to give him. Yeah, a shout. yeah. I'm yeah, trying to steal yeah. their material nope, not without giving them credit. Exactly. Uh, but um, man, you you see. I mean, you hear the audio, I should say. I'm yeah. looking at it. Um, but you can hear the audio and hear how enthusiastic and how high and optimistic he is about the future of Texas football whenever Malik Murphy gets his chance. And I happen to think that Malik Murphy is staying here in Texas, not only because of NIL, I'm sure they gave him a nice chunk of change and hooked him up with a bag, good for them. Uh, but also Good for him. <laughs> well, for good, earning well, that. Uh, he earned it. That's what yeah, that's good for them. Yeah, that's good right. For them, they were able to keep him because yeah. I think he would have went to a Power 5 university and been starting yeah. for a Power 5 university. Stark says he's got the strongest arm on the team. Uh-huh. I think he's confident enough to look at Quinn Ewers and look at Arch Manning and say to himself, I can I can play with these guys. Honestly, I believe Anywhere. I'm just as good, if not yep. better, yep. than these guys. If I ever get my chance, sorry, I'm not giving up the job, whether it be because of injury or if it be because of production and performance, yep. when I get the job, I'm not giving up the job. You think and we could go on a run like Oklahoma? That's what I'm saying. With I, their think quarterbacks? He, I think he could. But I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you're going to be Lincoln Riley. I, mean, I don't know if you're going to win all them Heisman. 17, 18, Heisman. 19, three straight <laughs> yeah, you, first round picks. Number one. 
overall yeah. pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my fantasy. Win number one. Yeah. I don't know if we can do that. My fantasy is it's Quinn this year, Malik next mm. year. Yeah, both of them first round picks, and then you get Darge. That that would be great. Uh, and that right, that'd be awesome. And In maybe today's that's what, world, that would be outstanding. Yes, and maybe that's what Malik <laughs> sees. Um, but I also think he sees an opportunity to play if things happen the way they happened last year. Yep, Malik's gonna play. Couldn't now, agree with you more. Now Sark will will have to. You know, it, I don't know. Have to do something about his pride and ego, um, because no quarterback is above being benched, Stark. Yep. No quarterback. Mm-hmm. Zy got benched. You know, you know yeah. Chris Sims got benched. You can get benched. No quarterback is above being benched, and he, for some reason, believes Quinn Ewers is above being benched. No, 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 no. No quarterback, no player matters more than the team, and the team is about the win. Victory! The team is about That's the what we need. Yeah. That's so, we need. no, there's no player above that. If he's having a terrible game yeah. and such a bad game that it's hurting his team and actually it is costing his team a dub, which mm-hmm. we'll admit that Quinn Ewers' Oklahoma State performance, I think it did, you should take him out and yep. put in somebody who has a chance to play better and give you a better chance to win. And Sark didn't do that last year. He better be prepared to do it this year. If he loses the game this year over that decision, that may cost him in more ways than yeah. he would like. Yeah. I'm 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 looking at it the same way. I'm like, hey man, there's not a chance for you to sit there and say, We gotta worry about feelings. You need to worry about job security and dubs. Dubs, man. That's all that you need to be worried about. And dubs. whatever it takes. And everybody mm-hmm. in that locker room should feel the exact same way. So if you have to make a change, people are prepared for you. But most importantly, they need to be prepared for you not to have to make that change by going out and performing at a very high level. Agreed. Uh, all right. Uh, Harsh Knock Life, what you got for the people? We got our man Chipper Jones coming to join us. Going to talk everything MLB. We're going to talk a little bit of football, talk about his favorite teams. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about the draft because, hey, he was drafted number one overall Ooh, in the 1990 draft. I like that. All right. We're coming back. We're going to have sports royalty on for Harsh Knock Life. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful night horn. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own people, man. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the midweek movie edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge. And our midweek movie was what? Space Jam. Basketball draft is coming up, so it's going to be real exciting. But we love it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow my man at Rob Babers. And you can also follow the man behind the glass at Jack A. Farrell. Like Colin, not like Will Farrell. 
<laughs> and we love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaquero Cafe and Cantina Hotline, he was the number one overall draft pick in the 1990 Major League Draft for the Atlanta Braves. He made his Major League debut in 1993. He played for one organization in his entire 20-year career. He won the National League MVP in 1999. He's an eight-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. He won the batting title in 2008, where he was batting over 400 through 73 games. We'll get into that conversation. Uh, was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018, and he's also the hitting consultant for the Atlanta Braves, my man Larry Wayne Jones, but better known as Chipper Chipper Jones. What's up, Chip? How you doing, brother? Mm. Fellas, how are y'all? It's What's good up? To, good to be with y'all. Glad to have you back Thanks on with joining us, me. man. It's been really fun talking about some of the things that are going on with the MLB. But we can start right now with Luis, Luis Arise right now, leading the major leagues in hitting. Last night, he I think he went one for four, so he's back down to 398. And as we were talking about him yesterday, my man Rob B said the last person – to be tr- flirting with 400 during this time was one Chipper Jones. Oh, she has a what? What? What does that feel like to know every time you go to the plate, it's almost guaranteed you're gonna get a hit? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a really special at, at least first half. <laughs> I think I was sitting <laughs> like uh, I was sitting somewhere around 380 at the All Star break and. Man, I called home a couple times. Normally, I, I call home, talk to my dad whenever I was struggling. But this was a like I was calling home and going, "Pops, man, I can I can flip two out there every night." You know, just it just <laughs> seemed like I get jammed. I'd fist the ball in the center. I'd break my bat and I'd you know muscle it over the shortstop's head. It was just everything fell in. Everything works. You know, just 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 fell in for me that that first half. Um, it's good to see somebody else, you know, flirting with that number. Luis Arias, man, good gracious. He's just a hitting machine. He was a hitting machine in Minnesota. How you let that guy go? Right. You know, to, to, to another, to another ball club. He's got three, five hit games this month and we ain't, (laughs) we ain't even three weeks into the month yet. So, um, he's, he's quite a talent. I think you're looking at. I liken him to he got a little Rod Carew in him, which I like. You know, there's not a lot of not a lot of juice there, but man, he hits the ball from foul pole to foul pole on a line hard. Basically, every time up, it's fun to watch. Yeah, it definitely is fun to watch. And we were talking about it. it's like you said it perfectly because I kept saying he doesn't even go up there and he's not going to hit a lot of home runs. I think he might have 16 in his career. Uh, home runs, but he's just up there setting the table, and he won the batting title, I believe, last year before he came over to the Marlins. So you already know that this is a guy that is very disciplined at the plate, and when he does get the barrel to it, he normally gets a knock. Um, I do want to ask you, though, about the sensation for the Cincinnati uh, Reds. They brought up that New young player De La Cruz, and he has done some some of the things that I've never seen done. We play with a lot of guys that can run. We play with a lot of guys that got power. We have a lot of guys that were exciting to see. But since he's been up to the big leagues, 
They've won 10 straight games and 12 out of the 14 games that he's been in the big leagues. They've got an 11-game hit streak right now. I mean, 11-game winning streak as they won today. How exciting are the Cincinnati Reds to see? Yeah, I got a chance to see him early on in the season. They had some injuries. Obviously, De La Cruz uh, wasn't up yet. Joey Votto uh, been hurt most of the most of the first half. They weren't pitching well when we saw him, so we were able to to get to him pretty good. But this is a this is a club behind you know Hunter Green on the mound throwing a hundred plus. Uh, I understand he just went on the DL, so we'll see yeah. how that affects them. But they got some guys. That are really playing well for him. And I think a guy like uh, Ellie De La Cruz has um, just infused life in that whole in that whole clubhouse, in that whole dugout. I mean, the guy looks like an absolute clone of the guy from Pittsburgh. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Cruz. Cruz, you know? yes. And, I mean, unfortunately, he got hurt earlier in the season. We haven't been able to see him. But, man, these two – you put them side by side, I don't think you could tell them apart. <laughs> Just unbelievable specimens, uh, big shortstops, third baseman, um, can fly, can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But I think it's just the 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 charisma that these guys have. They're just fun to watch. They're out there having fun, and they, they're freakishly good athletes that, that people just don't see on the baseball field at that size. Right. Hey, Chipper, speaking of, that's a great segue, freakish athletes that people are not used to seeing. Just give me your thoughts about Shohei and what he's doing, man, because there's no comparison to it right now in any sport, I don't know, in the world potentially. I'm not sure if we've ever seen anything like it. No, he's the he's the modern-day Babe Ruth. Um, only, you know, he's not facing dudes throwing 80 miles an hour. He's facing <laughs> dudes throwing 100, you know, and leading the league in homers. He's throwing 100 and striking out you know, some of the best players in the game. He is by far the uh, American League MVP in a runaway here in the first half. I know uh, Judge had a monster year last year to kind of keep him from winning a couple in a row, but he's going to be back on the horse this year uh, as long as he stays healthy, keeps doing what he's doing. He's on a pace for, I think, close to 50 homers. I mean, can you imagine that? 50 homers and you're the number one, you, you know, That's you're crazy. the the Anaheim Angels number one pitcher uh, going out, but wouldn't be surprised to see him start the All Star game for the American League this year on the bump. So, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's hard to compete with with that kind of dominance both offensively and on the mound if you are uh, looking to be in the running in the American League for the MVP. Yeah, no doubt about it. We were talking about him and and just the freakishness about all the stats and how he leads. Anaheim with every single category, both offensively and defensively. It is just something <laughs> something to, to behold, man. We're talking to Hall of Famer Chipper Jones, and Chipper, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Texas Rangers. We're going to get to your Atlanta Braves here in just a second, but before the season, we got a chance to talk to you, and we had mentioned the Texas Rangers mm-hmm. and how exciting they are going to be this year. They seem to have everything balanced out. It sucks that they lost DeGrom, but some of the other pitchers are stepping up, Nathan Uvalde, but their offense is plus 150 on a run differential and just coming up with big hit after big hit. Last night, uh, they got kind of uh, messed over at that play at the plate. We'll get your thoughts on that as well. But talk about what you've seen from the Texas Rangers. 
exactly what I expected to see from a, a Bruce Bochy managed ball club. You know, very fundamentally sound, uh, you know, throw the baseball, hit the baseball, catch the baseball. Um, they're doing it. Um, it's good to see Seeger and Simeon uh, doing their Ooh. thing at the top of the lineups. Uh, Corey Seeger's, you know, been one of my favorite players to watch for the last few years. I think he's a tremendous ball player. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a big. It's not necessarily a big blow to lose to Grom right now. Obviously, you'd be better off with a healthy JD. Yeah. But it's really. I think it's really going to hurt Texas come postseason. Uvalde's had a, you know, a, a, a great start to the season. Uh, hopefully, he can keep that up and and keep them up at top. I'm tired of seeing the Houston Astros up there all the time. Let's get some new blood up there. <laughs> <laughs> You knew you were going to get there. There's probably a bunch of Astro fans out there I just pissed off royally. <laughs> One hey, of them is sitting right, across baby. from me right that's now. Right. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back, baby. We'll be back. <laughs> but, it, but it does make well, a lot uh, of sense. One of those guys that is actually in the running for, you know, maybe first half MVP, uh, Adolis Garcia. Trim- yeah. I mean, uh, tremendous first half when the Braves went out there we couldn't get him out he was taking people deep left and right um uh I think, I think one of the league leaders in the RBIs and yep. home runs so they got they got plenty of thump to be able to hang uh throughout the course of the season and the postseason I just wonder um how far that starting staff's going to take them yeah that's been that's been a lot of the conversation mm-hmm. around here mm-hmm. as well um, we're talking to Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. And, Chip, you know, obviously your Atlanta Braves are back in first place in the NL East, 47-26, um, and 26, winners of seven straight. Talk about your staff and some of those big-time players that you have on the offensive side. I know we've had the conversation prior to this year, but even at the beginning of this season, we were talking about Ronald Acuna and how special of a player he is, and all he does is entertain every single time he steps out there. Yeah, you just feel like every time you go to the ballpark, and I, you know, I get to watch it every day. Um, but every time you go to the ballpark, you're gonna see him do something, something special. He's gonna hit a, he's gonna tomahawk a line drive <laughs> to the opposite field that don't get more than twenty feet off the ground. You know, what I mean, it's just like you look, you look at whoever you're there with, and you're like, damn, that was awesome. <laughs> You know, um, he's he's on the, you know, on a pace for thirty and seventy uh, bags. I mean, that's never been done before. Uh, he's he's the real deal. He's he's five tools. He can he can he can run. He can throw. He can field it. Uh, he can hit. He's hitting for average. You know, hitting for average this year, and obviously the pops off the charts. Um, I really I said this a couple weeks ago. I said if Michael Harris. Mm. It's going in the nine hole. Uh, this team's going to be scary. And for about the last two, two and a half weeks, Michael Harris has been going, and you've seen the result. When you got that guy who I, I think Michael Harris is going to be a superstar, you yeah. know, a, a gold glove uh, caliber player in center field, can run, can steal bases, can hit for power. You got that in the nine hole? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's, a, it's an Rookie of the year of last year. Yeah, yeah. It's an embarrassment of riches uh, at times. 
Uh, seems like offensively, the Braves can can bang with anybody. They're I think they're leading all of baseball and or close to lead. I know they're leading the National League in home runs, and uh, they're not striking out as much as they have in the past. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I, I worry. Um, you know, and these are my boys. Um, you know, we've had some injuries to the starting rotation, Max Freed and uh, Kyle Wright. We have not had at all basically for the entire season, say maybe, you know, five or six starts. And, you know, we're going to have to get those guys back because, you know, it's, it, it's a lot of – it's going to fall on Spencer Strider to go out there and win every time he goes to the mound, Charlie Morton to win every time he goes to the mound. And, you know, you got to have those guys back in the rotation or else you're, you're leaning on uh, rookies that are, are in that situation for the first time and – we all know how that usually goes. Yeah, speaking of rookies, we're going to ask you about Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder yeah. has been another guy University of Texas fans have been following since he made his debut, and now he is uh, entrenched in that starting lineup, and he gives you a quality start almost every single time that he goes out there. But it does go back to what you were saying about the rookie mentality and what they're going to be able to do late in the season. Yeah, I don't know where this team would be, um, you know, a month ago without the exploits of, of Bryce Elder. And we're talking about a guy who throws 89 to 91 miles an hour. Like, right. he's not throwing it up. He's not bringing it up there, you know, triple digits. But this this cat knows how to pitch. Um, he's got a lot of movement on a sinker. He's got a really good slider and a good changeup. But, he, he, you know, he knows how to pitch with it. And I'll tell you what, when, when those guys in the rotation went down, it was – you know, Strider was struggling a little bit, yep. and it was Bryce Elder that was carrying this rotation for a while. We could count on him to go six and give up a minimum of you know one, two, or three. And if that's the case with this lineup, he's gonna you know we're gonna win a lot of ball games that Bryce Elder pitched. Yeah, Texas Longhorn fans definitely got a chance to do it. And if you get a chance to play golf, go play golf with him. He's pretty doggone good as a golfer as uh, well. He play. I've, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah so I've you gotten to play with him yet. But so make sure you be careful. Hide your wallet when you go out there because he might try to hustle you. <laughs> you. You heard it here first. Hey, man, before All we right. let you go, before we let you go, I want to talk to you a little bit about some football that's going on, man. I know you're, you're a big football fan. You got teams all over the place. What are you looking looking for this season with your college team and your NFL team? Man, I'm looking for somebody, anybody to beat Georgia. I'm down here. I'm a Florida fan and amongst all these Georgia people. And, I, man, they they talking rude. They loud talk to me. I don't like it. And, and, and I just want I want somebody to beat Georgia this year. I don't care who. I'll be, I'll be there, man. Now, hey, uh, to be honest with you, I don't see anybody beating Georgia. It's not not during the regular season. Their their schedule is, is not very good. It's pretty right. soft. So I look for them to be back in the SEC championship, probably playing, uh, you know. Alabama or, again. Yeah. Or, or, or whatever. But uh, my, my, my boys from Florida, uh, Billy Napier is doing a good job of recruiting. He's got some, you know, good talent coming in here in the next year or two. So we'll close the gap on them a little bit. Um, but Kirby's Kirby's got a juggernaut, man. It's 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 uh, it's been fun to watch them, you know, kind of get their championships the last couple of years. Professionally, man, I gotta see I gotta see my Falcons and my Steelers, you know, kind of rally around their 
their young quarterback. Yep. Um, huge Steeler fan. Kenny Pickett played really well at the end of uh, at the end of last year. Um, they did some good things in the draft this year, and uh, man, the Falcons went out and spent some money. Y'all got Bijan, mm-hmm. man. You got Bijan for us, baby. Bijan, Robinson, mm-hmm. everybody is psyched to see Bijan uh, in this. You know, run first offense yep. that uh, uh, that we run here, and um, it's going to be good. They spent a lot of money on the defensive side, so they should be improved there. I look for them to uh, let's just say knock on the door of the playoffs this mm-hmm. year, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully both of them get in. I'd love to see it. I'm tired of <laughs> our season being over about you know eight or nine games into the year. Hey, tell us about it. We've we've all been there, bro. We've all been there. Before we let you go, man, I wanted to ask you, how's the new crib? I know you had to make the move. You were not excited about the move, but you're in the new crib. Are you settled? Uh, I'm in. I wouldn't say I'm settled. Uh, we, we we downsized uh, probably a little more than fifty percent, dude. There is crap everywhere in this house. I've been. I, I literally have spent all day in my uh, closet just clearing out stuff and, and taking it to Goodwill because I'm like, man, I ain't got no room in my closet. And my wife, <laughs> my wife spilled over from her closet, and now she's taking over some of my closet. There's boots and and hat boxes and purses and all kinds of crap. I, I mean, if anybody walked in my closet right now, they think I was. Swinging from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you are in the ATL, so it's okay, my friend. It ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong. Good. Do your yeah. thing. Yeah. Do your thing. Hey, man, oh, we man. appreciate you as always, <laughs> and uh, we'll be talking even more so when we get closer to the playoffs and what else is going on. But I do want to ask. I want to tell you next year. Florida, your Florida Gators play the hey, Texas Longhorns in on, the SEC for the first year. Come on out here to Austin, <laughs> Texas, baby. Only if they're good. I'm going out there to get my, my tail headed to me. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you as always, man, and we'll talk to you soon, my brother. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Love y'all. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. man. Uh, I'm glad. He, he said only if they good. He told the truth. <laughs> At least he told the truth. He's like, oh, yeah, if they good, I'm coming out there so I can talk trash. Exactly. And then feel good about it. Feel they great bad. about it. And I ain't coming out there to get my head beat in. <laughs> Try to hang out with you talking oh, trash to me the oh, whole time. Oh, Chipper is the man. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I, didn't, I, I don't know if I saw any pictures of his new home, but there were some pictures of his old house. Yeah. The one that he sold or just moved out of. Um, and and he said he downsided about 50%. Well, I could see it's huge. Yeah, like it. it well, the was, new one ain't light. It looked like a mansion on top of a mansion. Yeah, like it's it, yeah, it's a couple of this mansions. This one is combined. a mansion with a part of a mansion. Yeah, I mean, I could see <laughs> him saying he downsized fifty percent. I could easily see downsizing fifty percent and it still be considered it's a big mansion. Like it's still a McMansion. It's huge. Yeah, but nah, man, that thing was it was a monstrosity. So I can see why he's yeah. probably like, nah, we need to get out of here, man. And yeah. like now that's why they have so much stuff, because they used to fill up no a doubt. huge uh, you know, house. And now, you know, a messy mansion. And now they probably downsize considerably, like he said. So he should have a garage sale. He, well, I mean, you don't. You can't normally have a garage sale. You got to have houses around you to have a garage sale. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. The people got to be able to 
drive by your house. We get the gated community. <laughs> exactly. Okay, you have a gate sale then. Stuff exactly. by the gate. Exactly. <laughs> Stuff by the gate. Get the gate. Uh, there you go. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll get into off the record. Thanks to Chipper Jones. Thanks to my man, uh, Harge, for reaching out in his contact list once again uh, to get us one of the stars. Uh, sports royalty for Harge Knock Life. We come back. This is something you probably shouldn't say out loud when you get caught doing something so stupid. <laughs> right? We'll talk about that on Ball Don't Lie on Wonderful Down the Horn. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they bring the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to another edition of Off the Record. We'll try to be quick here because uh, we're late for the break. So Stephen F. Austin University, SFA, uh, they have a bowling program. Lumberjacks. That's right. And their assistant bowling coach, Steve Lemke, he's in hot water, not only the university, but with his wife, Amber Lemke. And uh, she is the head coach of the bowling team. And he, or at least was, Mm -hmm. the assistant bowling coach. Uh, He chose to resign rather than be fired this spring after the university discovered he had an affair with a student athlete. Oh, athlete. Yes, uh, he's 38. He is married to the head coach, Amber Lemke. Um, And uh, he resigned April 10th from the program. He helped coach uh, to two national titles. Mm. And two second-place finishes. They were a damn good bowling team. He said, quote, after being (laughs) found out and exposed, he said, quote, this is a real quote, I knew it was kind of a no-no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. There's not a law saying I'm going to go to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an ethics code, like we frown upon it. But there's no rule. There's no law broken. Wow. Mm, mm, he also mm. tried to kind of gaslight his wife in another quote to try to hint that it was her fault. How about this? He said, quote, I was to stay at home dad for five years with the kids while Amber got to go off and coach the team. And when she'd get back, I'd run practices on top of taking care of the kids while she was back. When they travel again, I would sit back and take care of the kids. Then, when I got hired on, she almost forced me to run practices. I was a volunteer the entire time before that, trying to help out Amber. Once I got hired on, one thing stemmed from another. I felt like I was doing too much for what I was being valued at. Oh, really? So your wife forced you to have sex with a student athlete? This is a world-class D-bag and a-hole. We're talking about... He is in the Hall of Fame. He's hard to make. That's impressive. He's over here trying That's, to put blame on somebody wow. else because she had to go to work. She had to go to work. Come on, at, man. You ain't got no job, bro. <laughs> yeah. you like, what do you expect her to do? Essentially, she hired him, basically. Exactly. She, she was like, recommend. you know what? I got to hire you because of the wow. fact you don't have no job. And then he ended up banging one of the student athletes. Come on, man. On the team? On the title team? Come on, man. Champions. <sighs> They champions over there. I mean, yeah. When I saw whoa. that entire story, I was like, 
This dude is on. He's lucky his junk didn't get chopped off. That's yeah. stuff, that's like chop chop your junk off stuff. This is the best headline ever, though. Mm. Oh, the relation for the for the, the uh, for the news for, for the, the news article. Spare relationship causes awkward split. <laughs> SFA assistant bowling coach out after affair with athletes. Well done, there. Yeah, that was well done. Pulitzer Prize winning. Pun. That is the Tyler title well you need right I like there. That. that was a good job. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll get to. Uh, there's another story I want to get to. We'll, we'll save it for the next off the record, and of course, we have to update you on the submersal uh, that is still being uh, searched for. That is that was lost earlier this week. Uh, we'll get into that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One hundred four nine one.